0: Welcome to Getting Credit, a podcast focusing on financial markets, corporate credit, and timely insights from Pacific Funds. Here's your host, Dominic Nolan, CEO of Pacific Asset Management, the sub-advisor for the Pacific Funds Fixed Income Strategies. Hello, and thank you for tuning into number 35. In the next 10 minutes, I'm going to touch on a tumultuous January, market expectations of the Federal Reserve, a little consumer behavior. Thoughts on fixed income and finish with a personal thought. Let's begin. Let's start with the capital markets as we have had a pretty rocky start. S&P 500 down over 5% in January, uh, with the Russell 1000 growth and dominated by those tech stocks down 8.5. International developed down almost five, and emerging market equity down about two. So equity is certainly weak. On the fixed income side, same thing. Broad-based investment-grade bonds, as measured by the aggregate index, down over 2% and high yield down 2.7%. One of the bright spots in fixed income was the floating rate loan market, which was up a modest 36 basis points in January. So what's weighing on the markets? My opinion, the core of it is the shift in the Federal Reserve's tone. The marketplace has gotten very aggressive on how hawkish the Fed plans to be this year. If you would have asked me three months ago what the base case was for the Fed, I would have probably said tapering ends mid-year, most likely one rate hike. Where we stand today, tapering is expected to end in March with a rate hike in March, followed by another three to four, depending on who you're asking. So where the market sits today, the Fed is expected to raise four to five times in 2022, dramatically different than just a couple months ago. In addition to the Fed, Omicron has certainly caused some pause in economic activity, although I do believe that's more shorter term. And you still have the uncertainty around inflation and supply chain disruptions, throw in some fear on Ukraine, and the market has to discount all of this. And when you have uncertain elements with the markets, uncertainty leads to increased risk premium, which is flowing through to both equities and bonds. So let's focus a little more on the Federal Reserve. How long before we see the Fed's impact in the economy? Now, traditional thought is that monetary policy takes time, you know, nine to 12 months to work its way into the economy. However, remember, the market is a discounting mechanism. So thoughts about the Federal Reserve are reflected much more quickly. And also in previous years, when there has been either an economic slowdown or an asset price correction, the Fed has come in to pretty quickly support the markets. And many have deemed this the the Fed put. In other words, the Federal Reserve is providing investors a put option, and the event market indices drop. Today, the market's down 10% in some markets, My take and my belief is the Federal Reserve's put is significantly more out of the money. So, in other words, if the markets were to continue correcting, I don't believe the Fed will step in. If, however, we get to a very dramatic correction, then perhaps the Fed changes its tone to be a little more dovish. Addressing COVID and the Fed, to me, COVID right now is a data point, but not the main driver. Inflation is the driver, which we get a little circular because inflation in many ways, is caused by the supply chain disruptions, which in some aspects is, or many aspects is caused by an increase in COVID cases, so What you have is a situation where if COVID outbreaks increase, supply chain disruptions increase, which causes inflation to increase and hence pushes the Fed to tighten monetary policy. So if the, once the Fed begins increasing rates, that is a natural slowdown. But also, COVID cases subsiding, in my opinion, should lead to a freeing up the supply chain and decreasing the, the inflation rate. So you could have a levered effect where things start to normalize more quickly. Base case right now, let's assume four rate hikes. That puts short-term rates in the low 1% range, assuming the yield curve is a normal yield curve, 10-year Treasury sits below. range or sits in that 2% range. Nothing I'm saying here is very bold, but a year ago that seemed like that was a long way away. I don't believe rates will continue to increase rapidly because if we're in a world where the 10-year treasury hits 3%, which is really only 1% from where it is today, then you have investment grade credit yielding 4%, which means you could have high yield and other instruments yielding six to seven if you just adjust for appropriate risk premiums. I just don't think that's a world we're gonna to get to, even though I'd love for us to get to that where we can invest in high yield bonds at six to 7% investment grade credit at 4% plus. All right, let's chat a little bit about consumer behavior. The data we use is from Bank of America's Global Research, which uses their credit card spending data on a daily basis. So a few things stand out to me with regard to January, when you look through to geography, states that have a lower amount of COVID cases per capita actually have increased spending rates, which to be expected, and conversely, states with higher case counts have lower spending growth. Relative to two years ago, though, consumer spending is up a ton, uh, nearly 20% in most sectors. And compared to a year ago, spending is up almost across the board. Restaurants up 26, transit up 30, gas up 37, Interestingly enough, what is down versus a year ago is online electronics, which tells me people are really resuming their normal lives. So as we said today, I think the demand side looks quite strong. Consumer savings is high. As COVID cases subside, in particular with the OMI wave, I would expect that economies or local economies start to open up and perhaps we get to really a fully open, at least domestic economy and work its way throughout the global economy. So what does that translate to within fixed income? Well, for the past 12 months, have been very much proponent of shorter duration credit, and in particular floating rate. And the thesis behind that was the economy was doing well, corporations were doing well, which made me feel very good about spread investments or corporate investments, but the inflation picture was uncertain. As it turns out, in 2021, CPI was up 7%, real growth was up 5%. So nominal GDP was up you know, double digits, that's a, that's a huge year from an economic growth standpoint. So as a fixed income investor, stay, stay shorter duration, or in other words, have less interest rate risk, but overweight credit, which is shorter duration credit floating rate. And I would say that story is very much intact, in my opinion. What has changed a little bit as is that bonds are weakening. So investment grade bonds are down a couple percent, high yield Bonds are down about 3%. So investment grade and high yield are certainly a little more compelling as loans remain very defensive. I still lean loans, but if this weakness continues on the bond side, you may start to hear a different story on my end. Lastly, I will finish with a personal thought. Just a few days ago, we celebrated the Lunar Near Year and it is the year of the tiger. So to keep it short and sweet, one of those traditions in the Lunar New Year is to visit friends and family. So this month, I'm making a special effort to reach out to family members I haven't been in contact with for a long time and ultimately think it'll lead to a more fulfilling February. Appreciate your time. Thank you and stay tuned.
1: The Bloomberg U.S. Aggregate Bond Index is composed of investment-grade U.S. government bonds, investment-grade corporate bonds, mortgage pass-through securities, and asset-backed securities, and is commonly used to track the performance of U.S. investment-grade bonds. The Bloomberg U.S. Corporate High-Yield Bond Index measures the USD-denominated high-yield fixed-rate corporate bond market. The Consumer Price Index, or CPI, is a measure that examines the weighted average of prices of a basket of consumer goods and services, such as transportation, food, and medical care. It is calculated by taking price changes for each item in the predetermined basket of goods and averaging them. Changes in the CPI are used to assess price changes associated with the cost of living. Duration is a measure of the sensitivity of the price of a bond or other debt instrument to a change in interest rates. Floating rate loans are represented by the Credit Suisse Leveraged Loan Index, which is designed to mirror the investable universe of the U.S. Senior Secure Credit or Leveraged Loan market. High Yield is represented by the Bloomberg U.S. Corporate High Yield Index and Index Components. The MSCI Emerging Markets Index tracks the performance of equity stocks in selected emerging foreign markets. The MSCI World Index is a broad global equity index that represents large and mid-cap equity performance across 23 developed market countries. One basis point equals 0.01%. Out of the money, or OTM, is an expression used to describe an option contract that only contains intrinsic value. Intrinsic value of an option is based on the current market value of the underlying instrument, but ignores the possibility of future fluctuations and the time value of money. A put option or put is a contract giving the option buyer the right but not the obligation to sell or to sell short a specified amount of an underlying security at a predetermined price within a specific time frame. The Russell 1000 Growth Index measures the performance of the large-cap growth segment of the U.S. equity universe. It includes those Russell 1000 companies with higher price-to-value ratios and higher forecasted growth values. The S&P 500 Index is a market capitalization-weighted index of 500 widely held stocks often used as a proxy for the U.S. stock market. The spread refers to the difference between two prices, rates, or yields. A yield curve is a line that plots yields or interest rates of bonds having equal credit quality but differing maturity rates. The slope of the curve gives an idea of future interest rate changes and economic activity. You cannot invest directly into an index. Pacific Asset Management LLC is the subadvisor for the Pacific Fund's fixed income funds. The views in this commentary are as of February 8, 2022 and are presented for informational purposes only. These views should not be construed as investment advice, an endorsement of any security, mutual fund, sector, or index, or to predict performance of any investment. The opinions expressed herein are subject to change without notice as market and other conditions warrant. Any performance data quoted represents past performance, which does not guarantee future results. Any forward-looking statements are not guaranteed. All material is compiled from sources believed to be reliable but accuracy cannot be guaranteed sector names in this commentary are provided by the funds portfolio managers and could be different if provided by a third party past performance does not guarantee future results all investing involves risks including the possible loss of the principal amount invested high yield high risk bonds or junk bonds and floating rate loans usually rated below investment grade have a greater risk of default than the higher rated securities, higher quality bonds that may have a lower yield. Corporate bonds are subject to issuer risk in that their value may decline for reasons directly related to the issuer of the security. Pacific Life Insurance Company is the administrator for Pacific funds. It is not a fiduciary and therefore does not give advice or make recommendations regarding insurance or investment products. Investors should consider a fund's investment goal, risks, charges, and expenses carefully before investing. The prospectus and/or summary prospectus contains this and other information and should be read carefully before investing. The prospectus can be obtained by visiting pacificfunds.com. Pacific Funds and Pacific Asset Management LLC are registered service marks of Pacific Life Insurance Company. SP is a standard trademark of Standards and Poor's Financial Services LLC. All third-party trademarks referenced by Pacific Life such as s p belong to their respective owners. References of third-party trademarks do not indicate or signify any relationship, sponsorship, or endorsement between Pacific Life and the owners of referenced trademarks. Pacific Funds are distributed by Pacific Select Distributors, LLC, member FINDRA, and SIPC, a subsidiary of Pacific Life Insurance Company, Newport Beach, California, and are available through licensed third parties. Pacific Funds refers to Pacific Funds Series Trust. Index performance is not indicative of fund performance? For performance data current to the most recent month end, call Pacific Funds at 1-800-722-2333 or go to pacificfunds.com performance. Holdings are subject to change at any time. Please visit pacificfunds.com for a current list of fund holdings.